Welcome to the Soul Tribe Podcast, a communal space for black women and girls to be their authentic selves and exude black girl magic. This podcast explores the lives of black women experiencing motherhood, adulthood, and simply life. Please be advised we are not licensed therapists or clinicians, so we invoke our First Amendment right to have our voices heard. This is simply a comfortable space to express ourselves and topics that affect our community. And please be advised we do not own the rights to the music that is displayed. So welcome to the second episode of the Soul Tribe Podcast. Number two. Yes. You know, y'all been waiting. Yes, y'all. <laughs> So sorry for the delay, y'all, but you know we were maintaining our social distance. Yeah, following those mm-hmm. CDC guidelines. Yes, following those CDC <laughs> guidelines. But we have some amazing content that we want to get into today. So focusing on evolving into the person we were meant to become, you were meant to become, we all were meant to become. So before getting into that, I would just like us to reintroduce ourselves if you didn't tune into episode one. And just checking to see how everyone is doing, just from a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being the worst, 10 being the best. How's everyone doing today? I'm Twani, and I'm like an 8, 9, because I'm <laughs> yes. with you guys. So, um, it's been really stressful, this whole situation, and um, it's opened my eyes a lot. But honestly, I feel really good when we get together, because if y'all don't know... We date each other, so we mm-hmm. always come around with gifts and food mm-hmm. and wine and all that good stuff. So I feel really good when I'm with my sisters. Not only that, but like Taney told me, when you look good, you feel good. So, yes. right. you know, I've been getting dressed up these last few meetings that we've had. So I can feel really good despite not being able to go anywhere but work. But <laughs> Risha, how you feeling? Um, my name is Larisha, and I am at an eight. I agree with what you said, uh, Twani. I love that we date each other and we come up with little thoughtful gifts for one another and stuff. Mm -hmm. But um, overall, I'm just chilling. I'm on a spiritual quest right now. I'm finding myself and I'm just, I'm chilling. So, you know, what about you? Okay. Um, I'm Kia. I'm at like an eight. Okay, eight. Okay. I'm feeling real good today. Um, I got y'all all a gift. Y'all got me a gift. I have flowers to plant. Risha, you got to teach me because... I'm still learning too. My flowers be dying, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> they be dying, but I'm feeling real good. I'm in shy. Okay. I'm at like a five mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's still she good don't though. look like a five, though. Right? Yeah. Yeah. looking good. I can't, nice fake, I can't fake my energy, y'all. I have to be my authentic self. So I'm feeling like I'm at a five. I just broke my nail. Mm-hmm. We almost out of quarantine. I was doing good, y'all. I was doing good. <laughs> but, you know, but other than that, you know, that's first world problems. Like, I'm just happy to be alive. Just thankful for my health, my energy. And being around my family. Mm-hmm. Um, I appreciate you all. And it was nice getting some gifts. Even though I am not a mom, it's so nice to be thought of. So I do appreciate the roses Aww. and my little vibrational candles. Vibrational healing candles. little package. So yes. I do love my care package. I got some chamomile tea. Aww. So that is some calming, relaxing tea. Especially good for if you're getting ready to go to bed to relax. You okay. get your I'm going to drink some tonight. Me too. Definitely. I'm a lot of sugar in there. You can put a, <laughs> a shot of liquor to. in it. A shot of liquor. Uh, in definitely it. doing that tonight. That. A, a shot of it. A shot Ooh. of what kind? Remy. Cognac. 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 <laughs> no, no, no. You know what? I'm gonna drink some cognac. Yeah, Remy. So okay. that's perfect. That's perfect okay. for it. So, getting into today's episode. So it, it's a sort of heavier topic. Really talking about our identities and you know some of our past but when i think of evolution or evolving into the individuals we were meant to become i think about our own self-development so i just want to throw this initial topic or discussion or question to the group as far as how do you define self-development and what are some ways you develop yourself well for me uh self-development is taking steps to better yourself um, I would say by me going to college or uh, sometimes in my spare time, I do like to read a book of interest. Mm-hmm. So. Like Risha said, um, for me, self-development is taking steps to better yourself um, and effort towards self-fulfillment. Currently, I'm in school studying psychology and building my brand, Vibrational Healing Candles. Yes. 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 Get you a candle if you have it by now. Yes. <laughs> 
So for me, I just think of, you know, evolving into the person that you were meant to be. Like throughout every obstacle, every challenge, just getting over it and just becoming you and not allowing it to break you, right. but make you. I know that's corny, but I like to rhyme. <laughs> <laughs> but y'all get it. And just being hungry for more, you know, like wanting better for yourself. And I know for me, I'm always setting goals for myself. Right. Like I love checking those goals off my list. Mm. And, you know, I feel like there's never a time where you stop go um, growing, excuse me, and just being goal oriented. So just, you know, setting those goals for yourself and checking them off that list. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So when I think of self-development, a few different words jump out to me. So just thinking about your self-awareness, your identity, your talents, your self-awareness, you know, your potentials and your aspirations. And I am a very goal-oriented individual, so I have to visualize things. I have to manifest things, and yes. I believe by writing them down, it will come to fruition. Right. Okay. And I think about some of the ways that I stimulate myself or, you know, things that I've done, like going off to college, you know, developing myself. And one thing that I did while I was in college, I actually studied abroad. I fearlessly lived in a country, a different country, for four months, so wow. I got to learn a lot about myself and my own independence which i'm very thankful mm -hmm. of but y'all know i love the dictionary yes i Mrs. love the Webster. dictionary <laughs> Come with it. i made them download a dictionary app to give them a word of the day yes, yes i don't did. like those words <laughs> 20 letter words i can't even pronounce yeah i know i love the dictionary so according to merriam webster it defines self-development as development of one's own capabilities or possibilities. So I feel like we each touched upon that our own way in our mm -hmm. own um, definitions or experiences. All right. So let's get into this episode, y'all. Let's bring this energy. <laughs> let's start with question one. Hey, Twan. Which we'll discuss. <laughs> it'll discuss nature versus nurture. So let's define that. So nature, you know, I'm trying to be little Miriam Webster here. Okay. Okay, Miriam Julia. Miriam Julia. Miriam Julia. That's your new so, name. Nature refers to the biological or genetic predispositions that impact on human traits. And nurture describes the influence of learning and other influences from one's environment. How I do y'all. Oh, you did very well. Okay, Miriam Julia. Okay. Hello, June June. So with that being said, let's start with you, Risha. Okay. How does nature versus nurture impact your development? And how did it help you become the woman you are today? Okay, so when I think of nature, I think about the dynamic that I have with my father. You guys know my father, your Uncle Keith, passed yes. away when I was four. So obviously he wasn't able to be in my life physically, but right. I still naturally feel connected mm -hmm. to him mentally and spiritually. Mm -hmm. Okay, so... You know, we heard a lot about <laughs> Uncle Keith, but Lord, can Lord, you share Lord. with the, the audience a story about him, how his personality, he was very, he was the OG Joe Exotic. So can mm -hmm. you get into that a little bit? Keith was definitely an OG. Um, Keith had a bunch of pit bulls and he used to actually have a newspaper clipping of him. He terrorized the neighborhoods. <laughs> what? Just walking his Carol bulls down the street. Killed her husband. Whacked him. <laughs> They say he just he just walked his dog. He had about four or five pit okay. bulls, and you know, um, not only that, he also he just loved animals. I think just in general, and he has snakes that he never kept in a tank. Mm -hmm. From what I was told, he just let them roam around his mm -hmm. walls, free I would die. With tree branches, wow. and shit. I would die. Um, <laughs> so with that to be said, I feel like I take on some of his. Uh, some of his traits in that way. I do love nature. Not to that extreme, but I do love nature. Um, mm. Also, naturally, I feel connected to you guys. Mm. Um, How? Thanksgiving fights? Bitch, we love. <laughs> <laughs> we are rough. Every Thanksgiving. We are Let me rough. tell you something real quick. When Risha came over... <laughs> Risha came to our house. Was it Thanksgiving? Every Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Every Thanksgiving, yeah. we used to bang out. Like, if you didn't know how snitch. to fight. They sent me upstairs to, to break Risha the fight up. Risha was banging out with us. Yes. Yeah. Risha she, came upstairs yeah. like, oh, that's what we do it? Oh, that's what we do it. I used to tell. Like, they beating me up. Tuan, you are telling. Yeah, definitely told. You Risha, definitely. Risha not watching us. She beating us up. We have nah, so much in common. Nah, but we Right. I ain't want to fight. I did want to have to, but I ain't want to. I ain't rough, rough. I didn't want to fight. They made me fight, y'all. And um, we are dominant. We yeah. are yes. very dominant, yeah. strong yes. women. 
Um, <laughs> when I think about nurture, I think about my upbringing. Uh, my mother, she was a single parent, so obviously, you know, it was a little, it was, a, it was, it was difficult at times. Um, I do, I admire my mother. She, I admire her ability to survive. Mm. She is my hero. She sacrificed her emotions for us. Like, you know, no matter what it was that we were going through, she just, she kept her poker face on and we, we didn't feel it. So for that reason, I would say, um, you know, I, I took on a lot of her strength. I also took on her survival tactics because mm-hmm. I'm like that with my kids and I also took on her mothering skills and if anybody's been in my mother's house she has OCD mm. so <laughs> if you've been in my house you would know I took oh, yeah. after her with that <laughs> shout, <laughs> out yeah. shout out to Miss Lisa shout out to Miss Lisa take mm-hmm. take your shoes cool. off at the door yep. thank you <laughs> <laughs> she's cool <laughs> so um I know you have a stepdad when right. did he come into your life and what did he teach you uh, my stepfather came in um during my preteen phase of uh oh my god wanted to buy Jordans and shit yeah, I, I was just going through something I don't know what I was going through you're growing pains <laughs> you find yourself. yeah you're that whole pains. teenage victim mentality where you feel like everybody's against you right. when nobody yes. really is but right. you know you just <laughs> selfish mentality yeah, yeah selfish so mentality. he came he came in during that time um my stepfather he's very militant he's old school southern so he came in with a lot of like structure and you know just a different dynamic but um one thing i can say is i did have my first job around that time and um he they made us pay rent Mm -hmm. and i didn't agree to it at that time because you know my checks was like 80 dollars so you wasn't rich at taco bell i I swore she was rich Bell. Yeah, she was fly, yeah. I swore she was rich. I wanted to work at Taco Bell when I grew up. <laughs> I did. I ain't lying. I'm dead serious. Nah, but you know. So with that to be said, he did. I I could say that he did teach me how to prioritize. That's good. And to this day, like I'm able to distinguish what's more important and what's not as far as when it comes to paying my bills and stuff. So. Yes, that A one credit right. score. I, guess I gotta shout him out for that. Right. <laughs> that's good. But Risha. that's that. That's good. So for me, um, as far as nature, I would say my personality is naturally like my dad's. I'm super chill and laid back. Yeah, little Mikey. Mikey. (laughs) Shout out to OG Mikey. (laughs) Um, Also, my figures is like my father's side of the family, Mm -hmm. that gamble booty. Yes, Mm -hmm. she eat all her cornbread and collard greens. Yeah, that southern booty. You know what Beyonce say? If you don't put jeans, wait. You you better say it like correct. However, I have my mother's strong personality. She's very outspoken and she don't take no shit. Okay. No, she don't. None. Um, even though I'm not very social, I know how to socialize and I'm great at entertaining other people. Right. Sometimes y'all, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Well, we could come over. <laughs> um, when I, when I feel like, when I feel like let y'all come over. <laughs> um, also, I don't want to forget, I can actually throw down in the kitchen. Shout out to Janisha. Yes. As far as nurture, um, my childhood was a little different from most. Growing up in my household, I was misunderstood because of my personality I was a tomboy, but I wanted to be cute. You know, um, I had my own identity, but I was unique in my mm. own way. I didn't want to socialize all the time. I felt like, you know, I just wanted to enjoy my personal space. Right. Mm. Um, I believe that because my parents didn't really understand me, I think it had a lot to do with them being teenage parents mm. and not understanding that all children are not the same. Right. Mm. And... In addition to my older sister um, passing of her dad, I felt like she was overcompensated. Um, And just, I don't think they wanted her to feel left out. So I think they did things unintentionally without realizing, you know, you have to continue to make your children feel equal. Mm. But, you know, going to therapy and being a parent of myself, I'm learning to understand that they didn't know any better. Mm. Right. Yeah, because I know you touched upon your parents being teenage parents. How old were they exactly? 
Um, my mom was, I think, nineteen. My dad was what, seventeen? Yeah, he lied. <laughs> <laughs> he lied. <laughs> my mom okay, wasn't cool a cougar. Cool 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 Johnny, Johnny. Was was <laughs> Mikey was lying. He found out how old he was in a newspaper clipping, like Uncle Keith. <laughs> 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 So just reflecting on your childhood and, you know, you are a mom now. So through the experiences that you had, how has it made you, I guess, uh, not necessarily a better parent, but more so understanding your parent situation by you being a mom of two girls now? Um, so I would say that my childhood experience taught me to embrace my uniqueness. Um, my mm-hmm. experience had taught me that children have feelings. And mm. we have to always be mindful right, and remember right. that they have feelings. Absolutely. Mm, definitely. So what did those experiences teach you and how has it made you the woman you are today? Well, first of all, I'm a strong believer that everything happened for a reason. Right. And I'm kind of in a similar situation. I have two girls, like our parents, Twani, before our brothers came. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and due to the passing of my child's Kylie biological father two years ago, I feel like at times she needs more attention emotionally. Mm. However, I have been in my youngest child's shoes, so I understand that you have to be mindful not to leave other child out right because i was Corey before so you know i just think everything happened for a reason right right and that was a lesson for me to be prepared you know as a mom now so so do you think that you i guess have more understanding for your parents now and i'm I'm quite sure you probably experienced some resentment so by you being a mom do you feel that you have a better idea, especially because you never know what it's like to be a parent until right. you are a parent. Until you actually become a parent. I agree. Definitely. I would say definitely. Because prior to me being in the situation, I'm like, how can you forget about your other child? Mm-hmm. But when you're in it, mm-hmm. you are worried about the child that experienced a loss and mm-hmm. you just want them to feel, you know. Yeah. You want to fill that void. Right. Definitely. You kind of want to fill that void. And then, you know, because I experienced it, I'm always mindful with mm. my youngest. Like, you know, even though her dad is around, we can't leave her out. Definitely. Right. No, I think that's definitely something yeah, important. Yeah, it's amazing how life works. Yeah, right? exactly. So before I get on to touching on what, you know, adding on to what Kia said, because we are sisters. Um, Can y'all touch upon y'all age gap <laughs> for a quick? <laughs> we are one year, one month. And one day apart. So mommy was getting smacked. Yeah. Getting she didn't smacked. follow her six <laughs> week no sex rule. But um, so before I get into the nurture part and add on to what Kia said, I want to touch on the nature part. And for me, as Kia stated, and as Risha stated too, like we get that dominant, strong personality from our ancestors, our loved ones who pass it down to us. And um, I really think that's a generational thing because, you know, I've always been taught to be a strong black woman, you know, be mm-hmm. dominant. Like, that's just natural. That just came naturally. I think I was in a diaper. I can, like, <laughs> the way out I am now. Like, really, I don't even think I could change this. This is just me, you know. Um, take it or leave it. But another thing I want to touch on, which relates to the talk of colorism today, just being a black woman. Mm-hmm. And with me, I'm like a... I wouldn't say a fair skin. I'm on a darker side of a black woman. Brown skin. I'm a brown skin black woman. Mm-hmm. We have and so I, many different right, hues and right, shades. Right. To us. And but we're black, and you can't change that, you know. And with being growing up black, something that I used to take as compliments, I now see as insults. Like being told that, oh, you're real smart for a black girl. Oh, you talk like a white girl. Oh, you got long hair for a black girl. Oh, mm-hmm. you're real pretty for a dark skin girl, and things like that. That I used to take as compliments because colorism is real. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is real. And I used to think that these things were actually compliments. And now being a young black woman who has grown up into adulthood, mm-hmm. I now realize that those were actually insults. Right. You know, that's not complimenting me. You're telling me that I have to be that I have to be something I'm not to be who I am. Right. Mm. You know, and this is me. I don't have to be, you know, white to be articulate. I don't have to. You know, why should I have to be, you know, why can't I just have nice long hair to be a black girl? Why can't I just, you know, be beautiful to be black? Why do I have to be compared to different, you know, skin tones or different races? Mm. Um, 
So to get off of that topic, I'll talk about nurture. And it's very interesting because me and my sister see, uh, you know, our experience, experiences growing up differently. Mm. And um, I was the oldest child. I'm the oldest mm-hmm. of four. Mm. And um, I didn't learn about my loss of a parent until I was actually 17. So I grew up with all this love, being sheltered, being told how beautiful I was, how perfect I was, how smart I was, how Mm. great I was, how amazing I was. I've always been told great things because first child, Mm. first grandchild, first niece, um, first great grand, first everything, first cousin. So all of those things. So the pedestal was always set high for me. The bar was always set high for me. Mm -hmm. And I was always told great things. And I actually would say that I had the perfect childhood. Despite growing up in an urban um, neighborhood, despite our struggles that my parents faced that were not my own, and um, despite different things that I saw, um, you know, they made life perfect for me. Right. You know, although I was blindsided to all of those things. Um, so it wasn't until becoming um, a preteen and a teenager that I started to feel the consequences of those things. Mm-hmm. When you grow up feeling like things are perfect, you don't know how to take, you know, rejection. Mm-hmm. So I grew up feeling that things are always perfect. Everyone's going to tell me I'm beautiful. Everyone's going to tell me I'm great. I'm just the best, 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 best. And then when I started venturing off, you know, because my parents sheltered me, like I said, so they couldn't control sheltering me when I became a preteen teenager. I wanted to go out. I wanted to see the world. And then I got people telling me, no, you're not these things. You're not these things your parents told you. Who told you you were beautiful? Who told you you were perfect? Who told you you were smart? Who told you you were this? You were that. And I felt like in order to be accepted, I had to make myself belong because I wanted to be liked by these people despite what my parents told me. So I changed myself a little bit to be accepted into this world, whatever I felt like I needed. And it caused some insecurities Mm. because I thought I had to be perfect. And I'll say that I didn't see it as a mental illness and I still don't see know what I see it as, but I know Mm. that it affected me a lot. Like I'm saying, I can't sleep. I can't be, I can't, you know, do the things that I want to do because I'm trying to live up to these expectations of the people in the world around me, despite the expectations that I were learned, I mm. learned and was brought up in by my family and my close ones and relatives who told me I was great. And then I have these people telling me I'm not great. Mm-hmm. So that caused some insecurities and that caused some, some tough times for me. Like it really, 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 really did, you know? And, um, not only that, but I learned about, my father, my biological father, being killed when I was 17. Mm. So my perfect world yeah. was absolutely destroyed. Right. Because yes. here I am in this perfect bubble of minds. Mm-hmm. And then you tell me something like that. So these are things that really affected my perfect image. Mm-hmm. You know, being told that this man that I always thought was mine, who belonged to me, my daddy. You're telling me my daddy is not my daddy? Right. So that definitely affected me. Mm-hmm. So, um... You know, perfectionism does affect people and it has Mm -hmm. affected me into adulthood. I can't take being told no. I can't take being told that, you know, this isn't this and this isn't that because that's all I know. That's how I was brought up. Mm. Um, You know, even though I have become more secure and I have accepted things, it still affects me now to this day as a woman. And I've gotten help from it. I'll be honest with you. I'll be vulnerable to say that I see a therapist and I get help yes that's so important to deal with that because it is real Mm -hmm. it is real you know so i'll leave it at that you know perfectionism (laughs) something that i struggle with every day um because i was raised to be perfect Mm. but i'm working on it as long as you're working on it i'm working on it i'm working on it it. yes so y'all know we're family right yeah and we come from strong dominant women we come from a family of strong matriarchs who've mm-hmm. been nothing but leading examples. And we were all taught to be strong. I think we were all taught to never lose your mind right. over a man mm-hmm. through yes. generational experiences. Right. Yes. So we do have some generational experiences that some would say are curses, but we also have some blessings and some experiences that we are trying to break. Right. Um, so with that, just touching on nature, um, if you know my parents, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Al Vanessa, Al Vanessa, or Nessa Ness, and Ray, Ray from the tray, but um, 
<laughs> if you know my parents, I have aspects of both of them. I definitely get my strong-mindedness, my attitude, my bougie-ness <laughs> yeah. from my mom. Yeah. Yeah. that though. Uncle Raymond fly. He fly, but he not bougie. Like he my dad, bougie. he's not bougie. He's, he's not very, bougie. very yeah. like very laid back. Very say hi. Vanessa say hi when she wants to. <laughs> <laughs> That's because she's not a Gemini. No That's because she's a Gemini. I love you, Vanessa. That's because she's a Gemini. But I have that very. I have. You'll know when I'm acting like my this. mom, and you'll this. know when I'm acting like my dad. My dad is very <laughs> quiet, reserved, very laid back. Um, and I get both of that from them. And I think that we also get some, you know, mental illnesses from our family. Yeah. I think some of us inherited that. I know with me personally, I definitely have some anxiety. And I never knew um, you ladies suffer from some form of that until we started this podcast. And so we really started talking about our issues. Unpacking. Unpacking. <laughs> unpacking. But just looking at my childhood growing up, um, I was fortunate enough to be blessed to have both of my parents in the household. So my parents have been together for 30 years and been married for about 22 years. And I'm also the youngest of four. So all my life, I always had my parents being there. And I know my siblings had a different experience. So by me being the youngest of four, I was privileged to have certain things that they did not not saying my parents were ever bad but i feel like as you as you grow you grow with each child and you learn from each child and by me being the fourth one it was like okay we done it all so they know what to do so (laughs) i i was fortunate enough or blessed enough that my parents sent me to private school for a period of time Mm -hmm. and i think that really shaped and molded me as far as with my education and really set me up for success where my my siblings didn't have that. And I think we all went through different paths. And I think by me being the last one, I felt a lot of pressure to go off to college. I felt like I had to be the first. I had to be the first to do this. I had to do that. And I was also called Little Miss Perfect because I am the apple of my dad's eye. Not to offend none of my siblings, but I think that, you know, my dad is my best friend. And... He always pushed me and always had me on a high pedestal because he always wanted me to do well. So I think a lot of that had affected me uh, with my in my environment, being so perfect, being everything, having to um, go to school, make great grades, go to college and a lot of that caused me a lot of anxiety. It's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure. And, you know, just touching on what Twani said, when you go out to the, your this external world, you feel like, oh, maybe I'm not that good. Maybe I'm not that great. Or what is it that the world doesn't see in me that my family sees in me? Right, right. Or what is it that I don't see in myself? So I think that my external environment and by me just growing up in an urban neighborhood, just feeling like, what am I doing something wrong or what 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 does it mean or you know what what don't they see that my parents do see and that caused me to question a lot of myself and who I was and I think that by me having to be so perfect it, it it caused me to to really stress and overanalyze everything that I did. Mm -hmm. And I had a life where I was given a lot of yeses and I heard a lot of yeses. And it wasn't until I reached my 20s, I started hearing no's. And by me hearing no's later in life, that really altered my perception of reality. And I really learned that, you know, I feel like I was hindered in a sense that I didn't have certain trials and tribulations that I didn't have certain no's I didn't have certain barriers put in place that my peers have or my friends have or my family had Mm -hmm. so I think it it hit me a lot later in life that I didn't really understand who I was right and now I overlies everything there were even points in time where I felt like I was gonna have a nervous breakdown because I felt my anxiety being so bad because I was dealing with this perfectionism everything mm-hmm. having to be right and now I'm in therapy That's good. so yes. I'm healing I'm that, trying to heal that. myself but I just relate so much Twani with your story and this whole idea of being perfect 
perfectionist and you develop this um you develop ocd over it right and you have you can't shut it off in your head it's like constantly playing constantly playing you're constantly over analyzing and overthinking thinking about tomorrow the day after that the day after that when it hasn't even come and you're not living in the moment and just embracing yourself in the moment so i think that is it's definitely a disease i definitely think that it is a mental illness and it at, sometimes for me it i couldn't even get out of bed or do certain things or certain tasks and things like that so i just felt so much with what you were saying and i just related so much with that and it's interesting because you talk about how you had to be perfect mm-hmm. but you're the youngest of four right yes the youngest of four so y'all hear that she's the youngest of four and i'm right. the oldest of four and it's amazing because mm-hmm. yes. i thought that the oldest always had all this mm-hmm. pressure wait so we the middle kids over here the middle kids <laughs> that's that show Let's y'all Especially if you may have different parents. Right, like right. my oldest sibling, we have a 15-year age gap. My sister, we have a 13-year age gap. And my brother, we have like an 11-year age gap. So I But do have, you guys have any other kids together? I'm the only one with my parents together. Okay. okay. Do you think that has right. an effect? I think that to... definitely has an right. effect. And I think that at times my older siblings or one of them probably felt resentment in their own way by them not having both of their parents together which is easy which is easy to happen or and i think that we as kids have our own perceptions of reality of what our childhood is and like even with my my siblings we talk about things that we had and didn't had and and my sister would bring up like okay we had that too but it was just different it was just a different Different time time. it's a very different time and i would say my parents when they had me it wasn't easy um mm-hmm. and i feel like like i said you grow with each child right. and you learn yeah, a lot absolutely. from each child right. can i right. say something plus we're talking about teenage parents yes versus... my parents right. were 33 and 34 okay. when they had they me knew they had had yes yeah, they yes was a teenage right. 16 right and 18 so your parents pretty much had it together by your then. parents right. also knew better like we tried it with other people yes um this is our last try we're not having any more children yes um so Let's get it right. Exactly. Let's get it right. Right. Exactly. This is our last opportunity to get it right. So I do think that pressure is real. Like I had the pressure and that pressure is real. You yes. know, when the, all the pressure is put on you. I yes. So that. if you're feeling any any way, I definitely advise for to seek help. There's nothing Absolutely. wrong with seeking help. Right. Again, we are not licensed therapists or clinicians, but there's nothing wrong with expressing how you feel because you are not alone. That is right. right. And I'm glad yes. that we all had an opportunity to, to open up. About yes, right. um, exactly. So we'll go on to the next question, Twanisha. Uh, what did you want to be when you grew up? <laughs> And I know you knew exactly what me. you wanted to nope. be. No, she's wrong. I wanted to be a teacher. Really? Yes. Yes, you hear me. I'm on me. proper. Yes. No, I tried to teach her. And I didn't want to. She didn't it. want to. She, she was the worst she was student ever. Was too bossy. Sit down. So I can see that. I'm going to give you your homework. I said, no. He used to walk out of class. Well, our quit. room. I'm our leaving. room. She would walk out like, no. Twice so like, you can't leave class. Come back. It's like, I'm leaving. Kia was the most resistant, non-cooperative student ever. She should have been in detention. So you were bossy. Yes. That's what she said. That's her opinion. Yes. But, uh... <laughs> So I wanted to be a teacher. Mike was an ideal student. Shout out to you, little Mike. Mike was a baby. Yes. He didn't know better. My brother listened, but he knew better because I taught him multiplication and division at five. You did. You hear that? <laughs> you hear that five? He's the most brilliant kid I know besides my own children. Shout but out to little Mike. Shout yes. out to little Mike. Mike. I love you. Twin. Yes. So um, basically, I wanted to be a teacher. And I can't say that I'm not doing that because now as a nurse, you can go into education. Like you can teach other nurses. And I do do that from time to time. It's just not something I specialized in. I haven't specialized into education. But 
I'll get into like my passion. So God puts you exactly where he wants you to be. Yes. I'll say that like that because I won't say that I, uh, I aspire to any particular religion, but I believe in a higher power. That's right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And God puts you exactly where he needs you to be. I never yes. wanted to be a nurse. Never, never, never. It just happened. And I won't get into like the history of how I became a nurse, but I am so happy to be a nurse. And my passion now is to just change our healthcare system. Mm. I do not like the way our healthcare yes. system is. I feel like healthcare insurance is illegal. It should be illegal. <laughs> it should. It should. I feel like we need equal. We need healthcare, universal healthcare. Universal healthcare. Right. Equal healthcare for every individual in this country. And that's mm. what my passion is to advocate for that. My um, long term goal is to be. An advanced registered nurse practitioner because I really want to open my own practice. I want to be able to provide quality health care for individuals who are in underserved populations, who are minorities, because, you know, we get the the low the low of the low like that's just what it is you know and i feel like you know we're judged a lot and people don't put the time in that they need a lot of things can be taught um before you know someone actually acquires you know Mm -hmm. uh, a chronic illness or um an infection or things like that there's a lot of things that can be taught before it leads to that right so you know if we educate our patients the way we need to Mm -hmm. then you know we can prevent a lot of healthcare disparities yes, in our country. Absolutely. And that's my long-term goal. That's really what I want to do, but not only that, but on top of being a practitioner where I can change the world one patient at a time. Yeah, I know that's my yes. model. Yes. I really want to change the world and by doing that, I not only want to give this great healthcare to people in these populations, I also want to just change the healthcare dynamics our healthcare systems. Like we need equal health care for everyone. Healthcare is too expensive. Like and we need to really fight to change that. And that's not something I'm going to aspire to do. That's something I will do. Yes. And that's right. my passion, y'all. That's just what it is. Yes, advocate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, for me, um, my experience was a little different. <laughs> So then I'm like, okay, I'll be a juvenile probation officer and give back to the youth. But then I realized my purpose is to heal, help others heal. Right. Mm, so I decided I wanted to become a licensed marriage family therapist. Yes. Um, and yeah, and a business owner, entrepreneur. Yes. Yes. Young female entrepreneur over here. Yes. <laughs> Wait, but why? Because you did tell me something about why you wanted to go into the field that you're going into. Well, my first experience with my ma- my first marriage family therapist, which was my first therapist, mm-hmm. I wrote, it was at a time where my parents were going through a divorce and she was able to help me individually. Mm. And she also suggested that she was able to help, you know, our family as a whole. So I just thought it was interesting um, to specialize in a field where you can help marriages, the family as a whole, and individuals. Mm. Right. I think that's so great because, you know, especially in a black community, black culture, we don't believe in that. A lot of people don't believe in that. They say, oh, that's the devil. That's the devil. devil. Go to church. church. Pray on it. Pray on it. Girl, you ain't crazy. Don't sit your ass down. Right? (laughs) So I commend you. I commend you, Kia. Thank you so much. Um, So for me, I would say I'm definitely working on my passion and figuring it out. Um, I feel like I am on a journey walking in my purpose. Okay. And I say that because I didn't think that I was, but certain things in life just happen. And I understand that I'm on a path just figuring myself out, figuring myself out with my anxiety, figuring myself out who I am as a person and my End goal is to be the best person that I can be. Okay. Mm-hmm. But if I were to visualize a specific role I want 
my if I could do anything, I would want to be in the C-suite, which is like the executive suite, where the CEOs are, the CFOs are. Boss. Yes. But, you get snacks, snacks. But what I want to do, I want to be a CDO, which is a chief diversity officer. So I am a firm believer in diversity, inclusion, establishing talent pipelines, and not communities of lack of means but communities of opportunities okay and i feel like there needs to be more people of color with different experience and background in these large corporations to um be voices for individuals who are not heard Mm -hmm. so my goal i want to be a chief diversity officer i'm going to be working for a fortune 500 company meaning they make shmoney yeah i hear that she's gonna be she didn't say i hope to be she said she's gonna be money (laughs) (laughs) and i really want to be an advocate for employees and i really want to ensure that there is diverse talent and ensure that students like myself had opportunities to these major corporations because they're all ran by rich old white men mm-hmm. and that reflects america and i think it's time we change america Absolutely. by doing that role so yes yeah, it's, it's constantly evolved but that's that's what i want to do and when i think of my motivators i definitely think of my parents my mm-hmm. dad is my number one I live to make him happy and proud. I think of my family, my soul tribe, my pretty gang thing. Those are my hey, friends hey. and my boo. He be holding it down. So I, I appreciate all of y'all. We appreciate you too with your Thank intentional you. gifts. Um, what did I want to be when I grew up? Yeah, what did you want to be? <laughs> Stay <bomb>. prop. <laughs> Stay prop. We should want it to be a gangster. <laughs> You should want to say do a big <laughs> first lady. First lady. <laughs> yeah. Listen, me and my homegirl, we used to get off the bus and, <laughs> and had our Jordans on. We just walked around the veil. Like right. that was it. Shout out to State Prop. Shout out to State Prop. Um, first lady. <laughs> at that time, I should have been looking into colleges right. and you know really getting on track and focusing on my grades and you know what I really wanted to do, but. I just wasn't there and I don't like to <laughs> and I don't like to leave this part out of my life because mm-hmm. to me this was a major turning point. Who you are. And Where I feel you? like the streets and we all could identify with this will teach you guys Absolutely. a lot yes. of, teach us a lot of lessons, you know what I'm saying? So, yes, I was attracted to the streets. I'm not going <laughs> to deny that, but what I can say, I'm not mad about it because I learned a lot. Right. And what I can say is like, you know, unfortunately I, you know, we all can relate. We've seen young people in caskets. Right. Mm-hmm. We've seen young people actually do right. bids and, and get a lot of time yes. and stuff. And that right there would, would help to to get you on path. Not for nothing. My father, you guys' uncle, right. died from street violence. Mm. He was killed in his own neighborhood. So right. with that to be said, That's when good. I was hanging out, I started to see a pattern that reminded me mm. of my own Your situation. Dad. I'm right. a product of that. So right. for me... You know, seeing people that I was close to go through the same thing made me want to just mm. do something about different. it. Yes. Do something about it. So I want right. to advocate for my community. So that's awesome. one of my biggest things. Yes. Another thing, I'll be quick. I'm not going to hold y'all because we could go, go on all night. But um, when I had Kailan, mm. my firstborn child, um, I wanted to give him a foundation, something that he deserved, that he was supposed to have. And... Um, when I God gave me a son, I was I was proud. So when I had Kai, that's when I went into nursing school and I decided to be an LPN. I also graduated with honors and that's when I proved to myself that I can do it and that's really what got me on track. So Yes for me that's and you know yes, what I, what I think is it. deep, Risha, about <laughs> you when you had Kailan. Um, I think it's special that you raised him to be a man right. rather than raising him. Because a lot of women, no offense to these type of women, but a lot of women that's in the streets raise their sons in the street. No. Yes. I boys. was out there and you I seen what happened different. to these boys. I seen right. what happened to my father. I right. seen what happened to our brothers, to our family. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't want that, that for my son. No. So. Right. No, and I, I, I respect that. That takes a toll on the families. Absolutely. But you chose to break the cycle. Right. Which is deep. So, ladies, would you say um, what's meant for you will always be for you? Absolutely. (laughs) What you think, Twani? (laughs) 
I do believe that um, because the journey that I experienced um, aspiring to be a nurse was like, like you wouldn't believe it. Like no one would believe it, like unless I said it. And um, I'll just give a few things like everything that you could think that could have happened while I was a nursing student happened. Mm -hmm. The first, first off, before I get into nursing school, I just want to say I was born as a statistic. Like, right. you know, I was born with the odds against me. My mom, when she had me, she was a teenage mom who the father of her child was killed when she was six months pregnant. Right. So if you look at those statistics, those type of children who are born out of wedlock to teenage parents who, you know, the father of their child was gunned down and killed because of gang violence. Those type of children are seen as statistic who are less likely to become successful. Right. I overcame those odds. Yeah. Um, not only that, but I was, the, excuse me, a statistic myself because I was a young mom mm -hmm. out of wedlock. You know, even though I'm married now, when I had my first child, I was not married. Mm. And um, when I started nursing school to aspire to have a career in nursing, I started and I had, you know, my child. And the first month I started nursing school, I found out that I was pregnant. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what should I do? Like, you know. Like, should I give up? Like, should I go on? And you know what? God makes no mistakes. Mm -hmm. So I decided to continue. Um, and I got through nursing school by being pregnant and waddling with a big belly and swollen mm -hmm. feet. You did it. And then, you know, on to being a mother of a toddler and a newborn. And I started my career in nursing. I did that. You know, and it was the one of the hardest journeys like you could ever experience or imagine. Like, you know, I didn't have a car. So I used to walk my babies down. Four o'clock in the morning, I had to be at school at eight. I used to walk my babies down in the carriage with my now husband. We would get our babies together, walk them down to his mother's house, which took five minutes in a vehicle. It would take us an hour on foot in carriages in a cold mm -hmm. morning. Mm -hmm. At four in the morning, it would take us an hour to walk there for me to catch the train to catch the bus just to get to class at eight in the morning and then do it all over again and get home i never seen my kids all day but that's what i those are the sacrifices i made to be where i am today that's right. so mm -hmm. when i say that what is meant for you is truly meant for you you know no one can stop that but god that's real and you just have to take those signs and you know those messages that he gives you and understand that he won't put too much on you if he didn't feel you were strong enough. Mm. Right. So you just yes. do it. And I did yeah. it because he put me in a position to win. Period. So I had to get through that no matter what obstacle, what challenge, no matter what was thrown my way. Mm. I had right. to do it and I did it. And here I am now. You know, I'm now in a master's in nursing program so I could change the world. Yes. I know yes. how I say that. I like One that. So I could change the world. And I just want to say like. I'm I'm motivated by like my 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 circle, yeah. Like I'm motivated by y'all. Right. You gotta surround yourself around strong people who see the same thing, not exactly the same things, but have the similar ideals in mind. And you gotta surround yourself around people who want better, right? And y'all want better. And I surround myself about around that because we're meant to win, you know. That's right. Not only that, but you know my husband who supports me through every journey, and then my children. Like, if it weren't for them, I've never been sure of anything until I became a mom. Right. And, you know, if it weren't for them, I wouldn't be who I am today. That's and, it. you know, you know, that's real. So I definitely believe in laws of attraction. I think regardless of age, nationality, your religion, what is meant for you will always be for you. Mm -hmm. Preach it. I think that when you speak about it, you dream about it, you manifest it. Mm -hmm. You create vision boards. You use affirmations. It yes. will be for you. Right. And I go by this. Mm -hmm. This is Isaiah fifty four seventeen, And I'm not trying to be churchy, but I think this is a testament to how I feel. It says, no weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. Mm -hmm. And every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. Yes. And I think that just goes to show what is always meant for you. No one can take that away. It is your God-given right to fulfill your potential and be whoever you were destined to be. And I'm a firm believer, and I'll leave it at that. Amen. 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 I can't go after that. I mean, that's why I wanted to go last. Yes. I can't go after that. That's why I wanted to go last. Get me. 
like Tani said, I, I definitely believe if you manifest it, it will happen. Mm-hmm. I believe what you put out in the universe, you'll get back. Okay. Um, so that's just how I feel. Well, I'm a dreamer and I have a big imagination. So it's just like with Tani and what you guys are saying. It's, it's the same thing. You know, what you dream or what you think will be what it is. So right. I'm, I'm, I'm with that. Before we end, Kia. Everyone explain how they got where they are, but you you holding out. How did you get to this young entrepreneur, businesswoman, right. yes. you know, in school with these goals? How did you dreams? manifest it? Yes. I manifested. Um, I created this life in my head that I want for my children. I feel as though my children deserve to have the best. So whatever it takes to get there, I'm going to get there. That's yes. So I feel like whatever you, the vision that you have, that the vision that you create in your head you just got to do it. Right. You can talk about it. You can write it down. But if you don't do it, it never happens. Right. So I just, you know, just I just do it. I just take risk. And I feel like you can't lose if you take risks. That's right. What yes. And what's meant it. for you is meant for you. What's yes. Meant for you is and meant that's for manifesting you. your destiny, right? <laughs> yes. And that's how we do it. it. That's right. <laughs> Affirmations. But yes. We wanted you all just to get a little bit more of who we are, how we got to this point, mm-hmm. how we created the Soul Tribe. As you can see, we're all connected in some way, shape, or form. And you definitely manifest what you put out there and through the people who you surround yourself with and by you being around positive people and people that just want to see you do well and have a similar vision and goals it helps you even further with your dream and i think that someone who who is a symbol of that is y'all know b simone right yeah she manifests that and what i i love about her is that she didn't forget about her team who were with her throughout the process so y'all basically saying don't forget about her cut us a check here when you become a, a billion dollar company absolutely i got you yes we're gonna pull you billion dollar key you did test out your scent i'm gonna forever share my cheesecake yes <laughs> go cut me a piece right now no. <laughs> so y'all just to wrap up thank you all for tuning into the soul tribe podcast can we say it all together the yes. soul tribe podcast Yes, this is just a communal space for us to just kiki and just to be our authentic selves. So tune into our next episode. We will give more details on that in the end. But, you know, feel free to follow us on social media. Our Instagram is the soul tribe underscore. Excuse me. It's okay, sis. Sorry, y'all. Follow us. Our Instagram is the Soul Tribe underscore podcast. I was correct, (laughs) y'all. And feel free to email us at the Soul Tribes with the S podcast at gmail.com. And, you know, reach out if you have any questions, topics you would like for us to discuss, or Q&As if you just want to get to know the, the Soul Tribe a little bit more. We are happy to hear your thoughts, your feedback, and, you know, be a part of our tribe, y'all. Right. Yes. yes. Thank you. <laughs>